Welcome, dear listener, to Season 5, Episode 8 of Weekend at Crombies. Tonight, we shall be exposed to the Andromeda Strain. Welcome, dear listener, to Weekend at Crombies. I'm Hugh. Do you see any purplish marks on his butt? And my name is Dr. James Evans. Have you seen these buttocks? <laughs> I should point out to any of our listeners, we don't pre-rehearse the quotes we pick no, out. We don't, um, we don't. But we both zeroed in on the bottom scene. <laughs> we did. It was so out of touch with the rest of the film. I wasn't expecting it. Have you seen these buttocks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and indeed we all had by the end but yeah, um, had. but notwithstanding we are we are reviewing the andromeda strain the 1971 andromeda strain mm. which um, is a relief because um we hadn't discussed it before we hadn't discussed <laughs> which one we were going to watch although i have to admit i didn't know there was a 2008 version of, of the andromeda strain so you know I would have I'd liked if we'd, if we'd watched different ones and not found out until the uh, the show was over. <laughs> just it'd be like, yeah, it'd be talk, like... Um, talked at cross purposes about the whole thing and didn't want to... <laughs> and I was thinking, James is really not remembering it this time. He's got it completely it's, wrong. It's a bit like... And uh, in the next episode of Weekend at Compass, we'll be watching The Shining. And then you end up watching the film and I watch the uh, the, the miniseries from the late 90s. <laughs> it's like, why on earth would you watch the miniseries? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's got the bloke who used to be Hercules in it. Kevin Sorbo? Yeah. Oh. He's done himself no favours recently. He but, has uh, done we're, we're, no, he hasn't. But no, we're already, already, we're already uh, off track. Let's, let's crack on with the Andromeda Strain. <laughs> before. I mean, I, I could be optimistic here. Yeah. This could be quick. Um, the Andromeda There's not a lot of story, is there? No. So we uh, we begin, um, we suppose we should, again, we tried to get into the details, but the beginning is told as if this is a true story. It's like little little overlay comes in saying thank you for the cooperation of the, the air force and whatever in telling this story and this kind of stuff yeah. it's, it's it's clearly a fictional story but they're, they're telling it like this really happened but it's also it's like it's the fargo effect isn't it yeah fargo. i was thinking more this like um, true, based on a true yeah. story and it's all made up yeah like uh like the red october thing as well saying uh, yeah according, according yeah. to official events this yeah. never happened yeah. which is very clever because it never did it <laughs> it's, just, it's like saying if you watch <laughs> red october the government will say it didn't happen yeah or didn't it didn't it or did it but so sir we uh, begin with a, um, a couple of, of military observers in new mexico looking over looking for something um and they uh, they see the town of piedmont in new mexico um and something is awry these this is a team of two military types in a van looking to retrieve a satellite and the thing the operation scoop because they i guess scoop up the satellites um but <laughs> but something's wrong in piedmont um it's all very quiet and as they get closer they realize not all very quiet that everyone's dead um in piedmont yeah. and we, we come back to the vultures the vultures are very active um but the uh what happens is we now see them calling in back to their their home base um which is how is it the vandenberg air force base um yeah. but they we, we see now the, the radio is crackling and it's like you know the two guys like oh my god what's that <laughs> oh that they, they've yeah. gone quiet too so uh off we go we mm. uh we have to mobilize the, the the team so the elite team of scientists are mobilized and the first one is dr stone the team leader and when they did that um the phone rings and it's a it's a middle-aged woman in a, in a glamorous part i thought oh they've, they've cast a woman that's very progressive and <laughs> uh, no that's dr stone's wife and, and yeah. her main function is to go uh <laughs> dr <laughs> my husband is uh you know yeah. jeremy we're having a party at the we're having a drinks party that's my role and so yeah. basically um the military haul him away um she then tries to call her her husband the senator or her, her father the senator yeah. it's like these military guys have taken my husband away and i think oh side plot this is interesting she's got something yeah. to do and basically saying this call is being monitored shut up and go back to your party <laughs> your role in this film is over <laughs> uh, so that's yeah. him uh they then get uh charles dutton you don't, you don't really know anything else about him though do you about Charles okay. about any of these yeah. i would say characterization is the strongest part of this film well the dr stone is a middle-aged white man with glasses uh, we then yeah, get to charles dutton who is a slightly older middle-aged man yeah. with glasses yeah. um, he's having um, the same kind of conversation with his family with another wife who's saying why do you have to go it's like what what <laughs> so there are, he's off. there are people outside daddy 
Yes, he's off as well. Yeah. Um, then uh, Dr. Ruth Levitt, who in the plot twist is a woman. Um, indeed. Indeed. Uh, I noticed that so she's, uh, she's, she's initially says, I can't leave my work, but literally in the space of the scene goes, okay, I'm leaving my work. <laughs> I also like the fact that she's heavily smoking in a laboratory. <laughs> I like the fact that her assistant is also a woman scientist because I imagine they thought the audience would never believe if a man's working for her. That, that, oh, yeah. well, that would make no point, sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> And then and then finally, the, the fourth member of the team is actually having an appendicitis. So they have to grab a, a, a surgeon, a doctor, Dr. Mm. Hall, who's, who's he's in surgery, um, a, another middle-aged white man um, without glasses. So uh, Yeah, well, there we are. He's yeah. the odd man, is there, isn't he? He's the odd we'll, man. We'll, we'll come to why the odd man. He's the, the odd man. man. Yeah. There's nothing odd about him. They're, 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 all very, no. they're all very conformant, as we can say. It's very hard <laughs> to tell them apart. But they are, they're told there's been a fire. They're going to the wildfire facility, um, which is basically this this underground most, facility yeah, as far away from any town in on the american mainland as possible yes um uh, and to begin with we have um dr stone and dr hall in in biohazard containment mm. suits helicoptering in to this town they first then poison gas the whole thing to kill all the vultures so they don't come out well they're concerned the vult the Although, concerned before we go on and we yeah. might come on to this a bit later why were the vultures still alive oh, because they flew in afterwards Oh, you think, why do they? Yeah, that's a good point. Because none of the other animals survive. Dun, dun, dun. Anyway. anyway. Um, yeah, you'd think they'd want to capture a few vultures and examine them. Cause that... mm. Yeah, because they're living. <laughs> yeah, so their main concern is the vultures will eat the, the dead and carry the disease elsewhere. So, they, so yeah. they poison gas the whole town to get rid of the vultures, so they've had it. But they, they drop in on the town, and um, it's a grisly sight because you Vultures. get close-ups of I mean, dead everybody. The whole town is dead, and it doesn't yeah. pull punches about you know, it's showing dead children and dead. Yeah, no, yes, yeah, true, like, isn't it? Actually, it's, it's like yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, and I will say, I guess so they're basically exploring, checking out this town, and they they did some quite nifty camera work. It's like the they show yeah, like split screen, isn't it? Even better than split screen, like they're in small boxes in a black screen. Yeah. more boxes yeah. appear. Um, and and they keep in in each of these small boxes that appear against the black screen is another dead person uh, face, yeah. and then um, dead breasts, which is odd. <laughs> I've mentioned it because it's so odd. Like there's dead people who've gone about their business and are just yeah. dropped down dead, and then there is an, an, a young naked woman who has a chest glamorous. exposed. Yeah, she has a chest yeah. exposed for um, no real reason. For no real reason, but then for even less reason, because all the all the pictures in their boxes appear, disappears, like flash, flash, yeah, flash. Yeah. This one then remains. Uh, and it's then there for a while. In, it? it zooms in. It zooms. Yeah. Well, this box it gets bigger as yeah. the camera zooms in, as it's... no other picture does. No, no. The, the old men and the children, you just get a fleeting glimpse of. Yeah. So that's the breasts, weird. though. Yeah. The breasts. <laughs> um, so again, having having established that the both the, the the breasts and their owner are dead, um, we continue, and they found there are there are two survivors. Um, there are one being oh, first of all, they find actually where where they found the satellite. This, yeah. this this is where the whole operation comes from. The satellite goes into space, collects alien bacteria, and comes back down to Earth where they retrieve it. And it turns out the uh, the local doctor has opened the satellite and released this this um, bioagent or organism mm. that's killed everybody. Um, it's made his buttocks purple. No, he's made his buttocks not purple. Oh, not purple. Because yeah, the doctor the doctor is sitting dead in his chair oh, and anyone oh, anyone dead, the blood would flow down to the buttocks and make them purple. But there was as pale a pair of buttocks as you could ever imagine. Um, <laughs> and and we don't see too much of his buttocks though, do we? Really? No, we see less of his buttocks do of the woman's breast, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But you do wonder what because Doctor Hall is basically he he goes with this doctor, loosens his belt, flips him over. You do wonder where this is heading. <laughs> you um, do a little bit. Have a look like, at this. It's like I don't want to. What are you doing, man? You are the old man. Deliverance all over again. Um, <laughs> but they uh, they also they also cut into his wrist to to, to test the blood, and yeah. nothing but like it dried, but like it's sand. Powder, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's like powder. Yeah. So um, but they say okay, something weird has happened here. That the the this this um this blood is clotted immediately, so it's weird. Um, so they put a cat back on the satellite and drag it off, and they put it in the helicopter, and then they hear a crying baby. Uh, so a baby has survived. So they put the baby in a cradle. Um, and then into in they load higher into a helicopter, which I'm sure is not completely safe for a baby. <laughs> he's in a wicker basket that they yeah. put into a helicopter cradle and then hoist him up. Uh, and then a, a very drunken, disorientated old man staggers up, um, waving a, a cleaver, which you'd think is not good for a biohazard suit. But he, <laughs> I was he, concerned about the cleaver. I was thinking, I, just, I, just watch the cleaver. Watch the yeah, cleaver. I was convinced we were doing due for like a, a ruptured suit at any. Yeah, point. so I did as well. Yeah, yeah, like in this kind of movie, 
biohazard mm. suits and sharp objects. You're thinking, this is not good. But um, the cleaver is safely dropped and the old man is also lifted away. So you have two survivors and the satellite to examine on. Um, so they get him away and they take, so now the, four, the, the team reassemble at this Project Wildfire, which is a seemingly harmless agricultural like a government farm for agricultural research. Yeah. But once you go inside, it's quite cool. Oh, they go inside it is quite cool. To, uh, so, so outside is just a couple of tractors plowing some barley and they yeah. go inside, which is just full of uh, um, storage sheds full of rakes and fertilizer, whatever. Um, but when they go inside, uh, they just grow. The, the, one of the storage sheds is a down lift. They go down, yeah. uh, the, the, yeah. the walls rise amongst them and they're going into the heart of Wildfire Lab. It's so top secret that they spent $50,000 removing the tire tracks from the bulldozers that built the uh, oh, yes. the actual place itself. And then I think for the next five oh. hours of the film. Yeah, that's exactly I'm, what I may be wrong. This is a two hour, 10 minute film. And I think at least 45 minutes of it is them descending to level five. Yeah. through processes of getting themselves cleansed you know like because well, okay. basically yeah, they, they they each area is a different color so level five in red boiler suits they they cleanse themselves they go down level to they, they burn the boiler suits they go down to the yellow level they scrub their fingernails they go down to the next level they irradiate themselves they go further and further down because they're saying they're trying to basically get rid of any bacterial contamination of the human body yeah. which is so a like the first thing. layer of their skin is is burnt off for example yeah and the whole thing is, is kept absolutely contained that just thing. Now you could have done that in a quick montage with a couple of goons scrubbing them with long brushes. Yeah. But instead, <laughs> it's that's how you do it. It's like long brushes, scrub, 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 you're decontaminated. Yeah, Gosh, absolutely. that took a while. And they could say that. But no, we get 40 minutes, 40 minutes film time. I was watching it in dog years. It was like, oh my God. I think how... it's about 40 minutes though, is it? Oh, I think yeah. it's about it, 40 minutes. I, yeah, I, I hate crazy. that, but it is an incredibly long length of time is spent showing us how they get decontaminated. Yeah. And, and and FYI, it's not a major plot point. It's not massively important to the plot, the levels of decontamination. Yeah. How I, suppose, decontaminated. I suppose it depends. I suppose it depends on what you think the film is. Yeah, long, if that makes sense. What I think. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will say it's yeah. defence. The, 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 we'll come to the analysis. The sets are, are really well realised. They are. Of, yeah. yeah. So, but well, anyway, they are yeah. decontaminated, and also they mention that such is the risk of you know having this whatever they because the idea this is very new, but the idea is to study alien organisms, and and such is the risk of this that a nuclear bomb is placed underneath the, the warhead, at the the um, this this in this um, facility that will go off if. It's ever ruptured, yeah. um, and and there's two keys, and that they immediately use the one key to to, to activate this nuclear bomb because they've now got a, an agent to 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 examine, um, and there's a second key, and the that key, and I don't, I still can't understand the logic of it. We'll come to the analysis too. The second mm. key gives you five minutes to deactivate the bomb if it if it's mm. automatically set off, and. Yeah. And, and bear with me, dear listener. They give this key to Doctor <laughs> Hall, saying you're responsible for turning it off. If you have, if you, if, you, if we get the Awuga, you've got five minutes to find one of the fifteen stations we've placed around the base to put this key in. There's there's fifteen stations. Yeah. They're planning to have more. They're planning to have. Well, I like the fact that they've got fifteen stations, which are really clearly marked. But there's a few that aren't finished yet. <laughs> well, they're planning. They're, they're adding more. They plan to have twenty five. 25 yeah. stations that only have one purpose and one key so they're yeah. really keen on the, these stations being accessible and dr <laughs> hall is the responsibility if he hears the woogie he's got five minutes to go in there put the key in and turn it off but and why show, that, what why well why do you do it it doesn't make why, sense yeah why would you why would he do it why would they have the option of turning off something that's clearly a fail safe to stop contamination we don't know why um except possibly to make it dramatic at the end i wonder yes. it's like yeah, um, yeah. but we also realize why choose dr hall he's the most junior man of the team because a bit of paper says they've done some research yeah. and the person who's most likely to succeed in turning off this bomb is a unmarried male <laughs> and yeah. I, I don't know why, why. <laughs> yeah i bet they, they even have a, they even have a list they show and they say yeah. chances of a married male 0.4% chances of a married female 0.8% chances of and it's like a married male is by science the most likely person to turn it off I don't yeah. know why well what about I know but you would think it would be the other way around because if you if the point of the key is to stop the nuclear bomb going off yeah then surely someone who has the most to lose will try incredibly hard to turn it off 
Yeah. Also, you imagine there's probably other factors involved in, yeah. like, yeah. are you a sociopath? Yeah. Are you are you are you obese? Yeah. Do you have a morbid fear of keys? I'm sure there's there's yeah. other anyway. But, but the I'm science, not someone fit. Yeah. You can get there in time. Um, so they, call, they call it the odd man hypothesis because this is, and this is apparently is complete cod science. Um, oh, is it? Well, it, it is, there's I, other yeah. things. There's other things. Though. What if you were a widow? Does that count? Or you know, would, would widow be less likely than married female? What about gay man? Is that better? <laughs> you know, lesbians. Let's, we need a lesbian because they'd be really quick to, to get to the point and, and turn the key. Lesbians are known are just, the highest just, likelihood. Are they just doing speed? Is it like this can get to the thing or is it like would want to turn it? Because I think anybody would be keen to not get blown up in a nuclear bomb. I don't think there's that much variation in it. I suppose perhaps perhaps the argument is that if you if you are married. Yeah, yeah. you might want to turn it off when the best course of action would be to leave it and to let the nuclear bomb explode. Whereas if you are single and male, i.e. probably a sociopath, <laughs> you would be less likely to be persuaded to turn the key and therefore the bomb would go off. And so that's the right thing. So, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're applying it, logic to, to something yeah. that, yeah. If there's a failsafe where a bomb has to go off to prevent contamination, why on earth are they giving the people inside the bomb zone the chance to turn that off yeah just because that, that's just not a don't have it as a fail safe yeah they just just have it blow up <laughs> that's the yeah. problem anyway yeah, um, now we have spent as long as the film does on moving from level one to five on the odd man hypothesis but at least this is comes into the into the movie <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so um and having done that we then go to examining the um the virus itself now I don't, we could skip through. They basically look through a lot of screens. I suppose they they test it on. They test the virus is very very virulent still. They basically they, yeah. they're, everything everything's sealed. They're, everything's behind glass, and they they release the capsule um in beside this sealed environment. Yeah. They test it on a rat. Um, the rat dies immediately. And rather than just immediately examining the rat, they goes send a monkey in there. So they, they, <laughs> yeah. they, they put a rhesus monkey. The rhesus yeah. monkey. Let's, should we try the rhesus? Yeah, let's try the rhesus. Yeah, the rhesus monkey dies immediately. Dies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. I, I could have probably. And I tell you what, I, I didn't like watching that. They, uh, I, I did. I did have to look it up, and they didn't kill the monkey. No, they, they had. They, they had a humane they, association person on hand yeah, to make sure did. the monkey was there. But yeah. that monkey did not look like he was having a good time. No, I found that quite uncomfortable. I mean, even, I mean, you know, monkeys are higher order of um concern in films if they're being injured than a rat but i still felt a bit uncomfortable just seeing the rat going as well because yeah, it's a big rat yeah but the monkey was oh it was i didn't like that not pleasant yeah um, no. so yeah so they, they the monkey dies so they, they examine it and they, they've still got the baby there and the old man they're saying yeah. what, what what's what can do this and that's pretty there much must, it. there must be two there must be something connecting an old man a drunk old man and yeah. a baby and that is basically isn't it i mean the rest of the film is effectively it is them looking at screens and stuff i suppose what it is it's almost like a detective film then but it's about trying to detect what the actual what the alien life form is yeah um, and, they, and they go through various stuff and i suppose in terms of looking at the screens in 1971 there were i guess some fairly high-tech stuff going on here because yeah, it was like oh they, they they one thing was like they were using a touch screen it's like they've got a pen that they can touch yeah. the screen and it can make a zero into a one what is this yeah. magic yeah. well and also i mean part of the issue i found there is it, they were doing a form of detective work i guess but they were just yeah. looking at screens and then they were say right can we have this um 100 to 1 a thousand to 1 yeah. Uh, 1500 to one also all they were really doing was just getting closer to it <laughs> yeah yeah and, and it was, it was, they were analyzing like, it yeah it was looking like it was but closer yeah. um, we should mention as was throughout the film there were some flash forwards and flashbacks one the one flashback yeah. was when dr stone pitched the idea of having this alien examination thing in the first place to the president and he got the okay clearly yeah. and then there's a flash forward a couple of months after this as like senatorial hearings which doesn't mm. add much um, other than the fact that this was big enough to require a senatorial hearing, um, it wasn't. It wasn't like you know um, Captain Bly being interviewed by the the, the Navy Court yeah. and everything rests on this. It was basically like, oh, and there was this thing too. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the yeah, other right. yeah, the yeah. other outside influence in this was as soon as the um, they realise there's a contamination in the town of Piedmont, um, they say the president please Duke Piedmont, it's it's dangerous. <laughs> so yeah, the, yeah. the advice, the presidential science advisor is going, you've got a Duke Piedmont and the president's, they don't see the president, but his advisor is going, 
he's going to have to wait on this for a little while yeah. before he before he nukes a town. Partly because he's going to be, he's been nuking his own town, but also because you know that will scare the Russians, etc. He's yeah. going to wait 24, 40 hours. And the science guys, he must do it now, doesn't he? Realize the danger, and yeah. all the science people don't realize he hasn't done this because the machine <laughs> that tells them yeah. there's basically there's 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 the communications bit on like level five, and the guy sitting there, he openly says. Everything's automated here. I've got yeah. one job. When the machine yeah. goes beep, yeah. I tell you what's happened. It and was a, a sli- slightly over-the-top reaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because... Passive-aggressive. It was very much so. Um, but, and also, yeah, slightly redundant because it turns out a scrap of paper had jammed yeah. the bell that goes <laughs> ping. So the guy whose one job was to tell him when the thing went ping didn't do his job. <laughs> and so they went for the whole 40 hours not knowing the president had not nuked the yeah. town. So when yeah. they find out, they go, he must nuke it. Is he insane? He goes, okay, he'll go ahead and nuke it. And then they find out the uh, the Andromeda strain, which they've now named, um, would react very badly to atomic energy. Yeah. Um, and if they did nuke it, it would it, it would Multiple. mutate in a thousand yeah. different ways yeah. and they'd be absolutely cooked. So they said, president, don't nuke the town. Um, so they go, and the president's advisor goes, oh, I guess he made the right decision then, didn't he? <laughs> um, and the, I guess the final drama is um, that we don't see. One of our one of our main characters, so to speak, Charles Dutton, um, is caught in a room. We don't see this, but a seal no, has come loose. Yeah, yeah this, this no of, yeah. Is it, yeah, does it? It was a bit, that was weird as well, because yeah. suddenly there's a, there's a, a seal is broken. Yeah, this seal apparently also eat, it starts eating through plastic or rubber. So seals yeah. starting to come loose and a seal is broken. And so one of our leads is in is locked in a sealed room now with this strain in there. Um, and and Dr. Hall has worked out that that heavy breathing um, will. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dutton is, is nervous, isn't he? He's heavy yeah. breathing. No, it's because do. the baby's crying um, yeah. and the, the baby's crying. Uh, Gave him very, I think, alkaline blood levels. Yeah, that's right. And, and yeah. the drunk um, was was knocking back some kind of special brew that gave him very acidic alkaline levels. So mm-hmm. Hall basically works out on the fly that this virus can only survive in in kind of a very narrow a very narrow spectrum of blood acidity. Yeah, where blood is normal, it can get you, but if it's even yeah. slightly more acidic or alkaline, it can't. So I said, take deep breaths. We've got it sorted. And Dutton's not completely convinced. He goes, experiment yeah. on your own on your own <laughs> yeah. time. And it's like, well, you're dead anyway, Dutton. It's like, yeah. you're, you're in there with the alien virus. Um, but it turns out he takes deep breath and then they work out that the virus, praise be, has somehow mutated to be not contagious. Yeah, um, all by itself, which is handy. Well, it was um, a bit weird though, isn't it? Because in the end, they didn't have to bother with anything. No, they, they, work out what, it, how, they work out how to beat it. Um, and then it just does it itself. It does it itself. And, and so to give us a last pinch of drama, um, the, uh, the, uh, the, the virus can still eat through rubber seals. So it be- breaches the seals of the facility and the automatic nuclear weapon goes off, or at least the, yeah. the, the, the countdown happens. Um, and <laughs> the, uh, the fail safe isn't so safe because it turns out as the countdown happens, all the areas are sealed off with yeah. big doors. So Mark yeah. the the odd man, uh, can't get to any of the, the terminals to turn it off. So he has to get through to the central core uh, and climb up two levels to get to a terminal that he can turn off. Yeah. Um, and naturally, this central core has rotating lasers in it <laughs> to shoot any animals that might escape. Yeah. It's basically animal failsafe. So as he's yeah. climbing up a ladder, lasers are shooting at him and he just has to basically duck at the right time to stop a laser. It's like because uh, Jamie Stone's on the on the um, on the cameras going now to the left. Yeah. Now, <laughs> How does he know? Because well, he, he sees, he sees, he sees, he sees, the, he sees the laser, laser target. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. a couple of points here is, firstly, that's their defence against runaway animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, also, like a rhesus monkey could climb that ladder like a yeah, shot. In seconds. It, it, in it, seconds. Uh, no way that laser would catch him. No, you'd um, be better off giving the rhesus monkey a key. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Dr. Hall, he gets pinged a couple of times. It makes him a bit groggy. And when he finally yeah. gets to the level, he's he's woozy and swooning. And and he sees uh, one of his colleagues, a scientist, walks past him and basically says, help me. And despite the fact there's 30 seconds on the countdown yeah. of getting blown up in a nuclear blast, she just turns and runs away. Yeah, um, she does, yeah. Which is an interesting well, reaction. But I also like the fact that, um, it, you know, in all, all these kinds of films, it always ends up with the, the, the countdown, you know, the seconds oh, countdown yeah. to one. Except here it counts down to eight. Yes. So he <laughs> staggers. Get to one. He gets the key and staggers up, turns off the bomb just in time, 
everything well, saved. Slight, slightly longer than just in time, really. Yeah, yeah the seconds to spare. He could have fallen over again. <laughs> and uh, and they work out that you know the, the remaining virus, which is still out there, can be got rid of if they they throw um they get it to rain and alkaline seawater in the Pacific yeah. Ocean will neutralize it. So the virus is completely neutralized. They've still got it contained in the lab. All is well. Um, and and that's it. They uh, they 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 contain the Andromeda strain. The yeah, I mean, the, the film ends, the very end of the film is the computer feed suddenly stopping with the computer flashing at the number 601, isn't it? Which suggests that there's, there's um, too much information. So perhaps, perhaps there is something else happening, but that's another film. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. And thus ends the Andromeda strain. Very good, Hugh. A, a very swift run through, <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, we will invite you, uh, dear listener, to uh, to slip into your biohazard suit, uh, cradle your rhesus <laughs> monkey, and uh, and we will join you after the break. <laughs> Welcome back, dear listener. Um, we hope you've been thoroughly decontaminated and all the body hair has been irradiated off your body as happens on stage three, as we've seen. Yeah. <laughs> Although, if you wear a steel helmet on your head, uh, nothing that was will... strange. It was, because don't you have hair on your body? That's what I was thinking. Like, the head is going to be the most disgustingly radiated. You've got snot, nose and eyes and head. Because you, yeah. you, you have to put on... We should say you have to put a steel helmet on stage three as they basically zap your body and you're, you're covered in dead skin by the end of it. So they've clearly given yeah. you a good exfoliation. But your yeah. head's fine. Your head full of snot cold. and cold and hair and, <laughs> yeah, and dandruff and breath yeah, yeah that goes through <laughs> to stage four i mean fundamentally what you breathe out of and we know that this is an airborne virus yeah. as well they were so keen on keeping people irradiated but basically your heads are they didn't even shave your balls like they're not even wearing <laughs> swim caps they should be wearing bathing <laughs> caps or, or basically yeah. you could skip because they say all these levels you have to like sleep for six hours between levels yeah, yeah. and change your clothes you could put on a bio suit on level five, walk down to level one, and that's it. Stay in yeah, a bio suit. Seriously. Don't stay yeah, in a bio suit all yeah, the time. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's true. We can nitpick away because we're coming yeah. up to the analysis. But first, I would love to know why James picked this movie. Uh, okay, so there's a there's a, a, a prosaic reason, and then there's a, a more weekend at Crombie's kind of reason, if that makes sense. So the Andromeda strain has been on my weekend at Crombie's list for say about three years um but I held off actually um, making us watch it for a while because there was a global virus that happened (laughs) and so I thought perhaps it might not be the best film to watch during the main parts of Covid Um, I know it's a different thing in the Andromeda strain but still you know I, I, I like I like um kind of apocalyptic style scenarios but I think even that for me might have been slightly too close um to home as it were so I think this was really the first opportunity I thought well okay things seems to have calmed down in the world a little bit I don't know whether that's true or not but um I'm quite comfortable watching the Andromeda strain now so and I think I thought, actually had, had yeah. watched the Andromeda strain and you could see them make their their agonizing decision saying do I nuke a town or do yeah I exactly locked down for two years yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like nuke that town do it now Press yeah, the yeah exactly exactly <laughs> no exactly and actually, I think if we had watched it during COVID, we would have been trying to make connections to COVID, yep. which I don't think are there, actually. So I, I wanted to have it as a kind of, I wanted enough space from that to watch it. And it may have been that we never got to watch it. I don't know. But um, as it happens, we have watched it. So Can you there was that having, having, having to go through those five stage decontamination, singing the happy birthday song every single <laughs> stage. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of happy birthdays. It's a lot of happy birthdays, isn't it? <laughs> um, so, so that's the kind of prosaic reason. But, but on, on top of that, um, there's a there's there's a genre. I'm not a huge science fiction fan, I've got to say, but there is a genre of science fiction which I do like, and it's called hard science fiction. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it's like it's pornography in space or something, but it isn't. Um, and you, like you, you, you'll you'll know what hard science fiction is. It's effectively um, films that take the science aspect of fiction rather than the fiction aspect of fiction i guess really yes but yeah exactly but things that are genuinely you know probably based within the realms of what science actually is so speculative fiction that kind of stuff um so i'm i'm a big fan of speculative fiction or science fiction more generally um and 
this is a this is an example of that genre. I'm, I'm not sure having watched it that it is a particularly good example of it. And I don't mean that in terms of whether I like the film or not, but I think it probably puts in a little bit too much of the science fiction in terms of the hard science fiction. But nevertheless, it, it's still in that genre. And um, it's when I was growing up, uh, there's a couple of novels. I, I think hard science fiction works really well in in novel form. Um, I'm not sure that it translates particularly brilliantly to film because of the because of the the need for the story to be n not thrilling necessarily, but it's more about the exposure and the um, understanding that each step of revealing the science or the aspect of the speculative fiction provides you to, to build your knowledge of the environment and the concepts around you, as it were. And that's, I think, in, in novel form, it works really well. Um, but on, on, in cinema, I'm not quite sure if it works well. There's a few examples of it working very well, um, but I think in general it's a bit it's a bit iffy. This follows a couple of years after 2001: A Space Odyssey, and they're very different films. Don't get me wrong, but they do look they look and feel similar. Um, and I think that's partly to do with Douglas Trumbull, okay. who is the special effects coordinator on both. 2001: A Space Odyssey and the Andromeda Strain, and I think you can see it from the way that the wildfire is designed so it's quite interested in that yeah, I, did, I got that vibe from it in terms of that yeah exactly yeah um and the andromeda strength as a novel which is which this is a film version of is quite highly regarded uh, it's a michael crichton novel obviously michael crichton also wrote and directed the first great train robbery which we reviewed last month so a little, little bit of um kind of focus there um but i've not read it the andromeda strength actually was it was a box office hit yeah. So it doesn't quite fall within our remit of Weekend at Quamies. However, I think that despite it being a box office hit, it has fallen out of the public consciousness a little bit. Um, and for a film that was as successful as it was in an era where speculative fiction or hard science fiction was quite popular, I'm surprised at that. So I just wanted to really understand why. And I've never seen it. So those were the reasons. OK, very good. Would you like to begin with um, some of the themes there then? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to try not to focus too much on the concept of hard science fiction, but I will inevitably draw some of it in. There's, there's, see, the the is really it's a weird film to analyse in some respects because there's a lot to like about it, but there's some really frustrating, weird things about it as well that really do take you out of the, they take you out of the film quite a lot. So what do I like about the film? I think that it, um, I'm going to talk about the practical side of the film first, rather than the themes of the film per se, okay? Because actually I think the practical side of the film is where it works best. I think the production design and the production process look really good. Yeah. It feels like, notwithstanding the 45 minutes of going from level <laughs> one to level five, it does feel like it might be a government facility that is set up to assess and study alien life form, right? Yeah. And I think they get that look and feel and process. They do a good, a really, really good job on that. And that's where I think the hard science fiction works quite well, because I would imagine that a facility like that would look like that. It would have that kind of feel to it. It would be sterile. It would be, it would be all kind of. It, there wouldn't be any sharp corners, I suppose. But also <laughs> the actual way that the the building is visualized on computer screens is, is is quite clever as well with the color coding and the people you see with it. I like that style of the film. I think it looks really good, and that helps immerse yourself in this idea that this facility exists and these are there are people here doing it. If that yeah. makes sense. And there is some thought into it. Some like it's yeah. one of those uh, like um unusual things that you wouldn't have thought of when you see it, you think, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like um they have to put themselves into their biosuits um by basically lifting a bar and gymnastic into it. Because yes. if you if you step into it, you could tear it. So you have to kind of launch yourself in one go into it. And you're thinking Yeah, and it's like oh, an yeah, accordion, like, isn't it? Yeah, it's like I wouldn't have thought of that, but that yeah. makes sense why you do it. And it's like mm. one of those little snippets you get around a place of work where they have rules and you think, Oh, I understand why they have those now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so it does a lot of that. It does a lot of that well. Um, the other thing I like about it is I like the way that it's filmed. So we didn't actually mention this, but it's filmed by it. The, the director is Robert Wise, um, who is probably most well known for directing The Sound of Music <laughs> and West Side Story. 
Oh, wow. Uh, the original West Side Story, as well as classic genre films like The Haunting. Um, so, you know, he, he is a, he's, I mean, Robert Wise is a very, very successful um, director, multiple Oscar winner um, for The Sound of Music and West Side Story, um, and hops genres quite a lot, actually. Um, and so I, I think he does a good job in the direction here, because I think the film itself is quite stilted in terms of its story but what gives it a sense of kind of propulsion a little bit is the way that the film presents the characters talking and thinking to each other and amongst themselves so i quite i quite like the kind of the boxy modular view of the the kind of split screen which comes in it's, it happens a few times in the film uh, it's not just when they're looking in the houses in piedmont to see the dead bodies yeah. it's also when for example some of the characters are relaxing and they you see them in bed or lying down and then what you will see in another box on screen is a memory which describes something that helps you understand what the plot is trying to tell you so rather than it being in the script per se it's not a conversation between two people yeah. it's a memory or a thought by one of the main characters represented as a stage play or a, a little vignette in a box I quite like that. It's quite theatrical. I think it's very stylized, but I think that works quite nicely. The other thing I quite like about the way that it's directed is there's an odd, but I think quite effective way of filming character conversations and about foregrounding and backgrounding people's positions within scenes. So often I found that a camera might be positioned behind someone's head, looking at someone talking. But the person who the camera is closest to almost seems far too close to the camera. And the person who he's talking, the, 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 the person that the camera is facing is too far away from the camera. And what it does, is it provides that that um, it's a it's like a trick of conversation from the, the point of view. I, I quite like that as well. Yeah. OK. So there are technical things there that I quite like about the film. I think thematically. I have some problems with the film and it's not simply because I don't think it does the hard science well. OK, but before I go on to that, is there anything you wanted to add about the kind of the technical production side of it? Uh, the look of it is yeah, very impressive. It's like, again, they they clearly this is where the money has gone into into making it look like an actual thing. From the moment they descend into the, the facility, yeah. you you get a very sense of where it is and where and what have you. Again, we've talked the, the, the descending the levels is ridiculously long, um, but you are sense weirdly really long when, when, you, when you're in the heart of it. They are very much in the heart of it. Even the colors get desaturated, so you you start off with bright reds and yellows. It's like a, a James Bond villain's cave, and by the end of it, you're in like grays and beiges, and it's like this is a this is a, a this you are deep in the levels of here to do to do stuff. So that's quite nicely set up with that. And like I say, the um, <laughs> you can't blame 1971 for having really antiquated computers and no, uh, and poor tools. I will say though, um, they were very impressed with them. Like you know, the, yeah, they, they, were, they had, a, like, they had a robot arm, so they were controlled by a joystick, and the arm yeah. was doing the lifting, so they could stay yeah. contaminated. But in a in a film where that was no big deal, because like they were lifting off the monkeys yeah. and the rats from the cages and put them in. Yeah. In a film where that was just like we're going to get the rat and we're going to the monkey, and, yeah. the, and the drama of the point is that the animals are dying and we've got to yeah. move on. It's you not the technology that's exactly. the drama, is it? Yeah, you exactly. would just show the cages coming in, going out, and yeah. you know, move along quite quickly. Here, you were watching someone do that kind of fairground yeah. lifting of that. Yeah, and I think that is fundamentally the problem of translating hard science fiction from from novels to film. Yeah, because a novel would describe the science of how scientists work, right? Yeah. Um, whereas a film, you, you don't need to. Yeah. You don't it need was... to do any of that. And so, what's left? And they were describing the the science of how it works. And I'll come into another point I was having because it's ties in quite nicely. Is mm. I was really missing um, the presence of a stupid person in this film. Yeah. <laughs> um, you what what you'd need if I was you know, if I was going to overhaul the script. But if I was doing this script, I would absolutely have like a military advisor as part yeah. of the team who could yeah. ask all the questions that I needed to ask. Exactly. Because they were like um, there was this, like one scene was like. We're going through the, we're going through things. Here's all the evidence. There's no amino acids. No, yeah. no amino acids. I'm thinking, yeah. can someone please explain why no amino acids is a bad thing? Because <laughs> they they yeah. were both on the same level, saying, oh, there's no amino acids. It must have a crystalline structure. And like, please, yeah. somebody 
if this is important, have them explain to someone who's not a scientist yeah. why it's important so I will understand it because it was going completely over my head and it turned out it, I don't think it was important, but I wouldn't know that. And it's that is well, that happened uh, a yeah, lot. You're right. Science talk think, was yeah, going on. Above my science head. talk was going on. Yeah, and I think you're right. What they probably needed was say a military advisor who was required by the president to go down with them yeah. to assess whether the nuclear button needs to be pressed. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's something like that, isn't it? You can manufacture a reason why that needs to happen, but there, it, there's, it still needs to happen, doesn't it? Yeah, you can always have an audience proxy. Otherwise, you're just watching specialists at work. And it's not just because it's science and it's super clever. Any kind of you know industry that has its own language and and mores and and yeah. behaviours, you need to have someone who's not part of that as your audience uh, cipher. Absolutely. And again, in a novel, I don't think it would matter as much because the yeah. point of the description is about the science yeah. and the speculative fiction of it about what happens as a consequence. But in a film. You don't have pages and pages and pages yeah. of stuff describing that. It's just you can see it. Yeah. So you need something to kind of get you in there. Yeah. See, I haven't read a lot of Michael Crichton novels, but I've again I've read the Jurassic Park one, and it is interesting comparing the two films because in the book a lot of time is spent on how the computer system monitors the dinosaurs and how it's essentially a flawed yeah, okay. system; it's not counting them yeah. properly. And they they run through various tests of how to count them, how to count them, how to count them. And I was thinking, I am so glad they ripped this out of the film because you <laughs> yeah. don't want to see like uh, you know um, Jeff Goldblum yeah. and Richard Attenborough cradle over a computer running endless tests on yeah. dinosaur yeah. numbers. You want to see a big tyrannosaurus chasing a van and yeah, it's like i agree you need to cut to what's emotionally exciting about the premise and you don't need to get and i think my quite is very much he, he likes his ideas of systems and processes because i think westworld is a similar idea of like you know the, you set up a system and it somehow breaks itself down and that's fine in a book but it, this was almost like the you know the, the the book science thrown directly on the screen yeah and it's like where's, yeah. where's the emotional heart because the thing is what are they trying to achieve and what is the film trying to say but I completely agree. Is the film effectively trying to, is the purpose of the film to show science or is the purpose of the film to uncover? So is it to uncover, um, you, you know, I've got, I'm trying to think about this. I think there's, there's four, there's maybe three or four things that the film, I, I'm not sure what it was trying to do. And I think yeah. other films do what I think it might be trying to do better. Okay. Yeah. And they're all, they're all different. Yeah. different films different types of films but so, so the, the the first thing for me i completely agree with you which is what is it trying to do but the first one is is the film trying to represent science fiction in a genuinely kind of um technical minded storytelling process right is, is that the purpose of the film if it is it it succeeds a little bit but I just looked at 2001 A Space Odyssey, which does it a lot better. Yeah. And what that does, it also builds into an emotional central premise of the film as well, which is philosophical and religious and all this kind of stuff. So it's a huge behemoth of a film, yeah. which uses the idea of science as its basis, not as its end point. And yeah. I think the Andromeda stream, it's, it's science is what it is. And to be honest, it's a bit boring, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the second, the second film I think it could be trying to to be is this nineteen sixties, seventies paranoia and extremity of the needing to make decisions and what the government needs to do as a result, or what military makers are doing. So almost maybe the scientists against the military, or but it, it doesn't do it well enough. And there's another film that does it far better, and that's called Failsafe, ironically, yeah. <laughs> with. Um, uh, Peter Fonda um, as the president who has to decide whether to drop a nuclear bomb on Russia and yes. it's a brilliant film as a consequence of that the third one because yeah, in, in this yeah. film to, to dwell on that yeah um, a we don't yeah we, we don't get any drama around that we have one advisor telling the president's advisor to do something and then it's kind of dropped there but yeah. are we supposed to say that the the president was right to pause because actually it turned out okay or is yeah, the, yeah. the, the scientists not always right because they immediately kind of panicked and said we must do this thing because it's it's the correct thing to do and it turns out they were wrong because they'd, they're by that point they'd moved on to their next conclusions yeah and absolutely and you you got yeah. i i wasn't left with thinking and the moral of the story is i thought well no, they, were just, they yeah. just kind of blended their way in and they were quite lucky the thing turned out not to be contagious not, yeah exactly yeah you're right so um you've got yeah exactly you've got you've got 2001 a space odyssey which is a genuine speculative science fiction movie which does that well you've got failsafe which is that kind of cold war paranoia which i think the, Androm the andromeda strain 
is trying to get into a metaphor in, but doesn't quite do it. The third one is about a virus, right? So the third one is this kind of virus aspect. Um, and that's outbreak. And, uh, well, it's outbreak. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking, actually, oddly, of Night of the Living Dead, which is a very different film, but a film where there isn't any explanation of the outbreak. Yeah. It's just that people are turning into zombies that want to eat you. There's no explanation for it, but it is an outbreak that needs to be contained and it can't be contained. Yeah. So that becomes, but Outbreak is a good example of that as well. I think both films are done better than this. The fourth one is this idea of the horror of the alien species. Now, the obvious answer to that is something like Alien, perhaps, but I think actually more relevant for a film like The Andromeda Strain is the, John Carpenter's The Thing, okay. which is an alien microbe which is a shapeshifter that you can't see and you don't know where it is, but can take the form of anything. And it's that kind of horror of the unknown. But all of those, I, I can see bits of the Andromeda strain in all of those, but there are films that do it better. Yeah, yeah. Each of those films do what the Andromeda strain is trying to do better. And I think the problem is, is I don't know, I don't think the Andromeda strain knows what it's trying to do. No, it yeah, doesn't have I, that I, central I would, focus, does it? Yeah, I would argue it's not trying to do any of those things. It is, it is just like oh, sure. it, yeah. it, it, it bundles along for uh, two hours. And at the end, it thinks, we need something exciting. Oh, hi, but how about having someone climb a ladder while lasers shoot at him in yeah. order to defuse a yeah. bomb? And that literally could have been tacked on. I know they mentioned it at the beginning, but it, it pays so little relevance to any of the, the plot lines or stories. The yeah. fact that one of the characters has to climb a ladder while lasers shoot at him and he has to defuse a nuclear bomb. It was like, you know, to, to be honest, it's it's ridiculous, but after I was I I was dropping off in the last half of the film, yeah, and yeah. that actually woke me up because it was the one exciting bit. Even though I was thinking this is stupid, I was thinking at least he's climbing a ladder with lasers shooting at him. Yeah, it's a nuclear bomb. Well, it, it's like at the end of the film, it suddenly remembers that it's got it's some sort of excitement in it, <laughs> it's right? And then and then what what it, what it ends up doing is rushing it all. Right, yeah. but from the point, so they spend 40 to 45 minutes going yeah. down levels one through five and getting progressively cleaner. Right. And they spend about five minutes when they discover why the baby and the old man don't die, that the um, that the alien has um, mutated into something that's not contagious or harmful yeah. and that the nuclear bomb is about to go off and he has to go and turn it off. All of that happens about in the last five, ten minutes, literally. Yeah. But the point is they've set up so much that they must be decontaminated, that they must be safe, that they must yeah, not get, yeah. get ruptured at all. Yeah. And the, 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 the inciting incident to the finale is when one of our four protagonists, uh, Dr. Dutton, mm. is in a room that gets a rupture and is exposed to the virus. And we don't see it. We, we, we miss the <laughs> bit that should be A, a character's in lethal danger, B, the thing yeah. that we've warned is happening has happened. And all we get is someone's walking on the corridor saying, oh, there's been a decontamination. And they, and they go to a door saying, oh, he's sealed in there. Who is it? Oh, it's Dutton. And they talk to him through computer screens. We miss all the bit you'd think would be exciting. And if that's the bit that gets your heart racing, why don't they show that? Because again, coming back to ways that are better, Outbreak. I remember Outbreak when you just get a moment where a character's in a biohazard suit and he just gets snagged and it rips yeah, and you think, and it rips. oh, he's yeah. done. Oh, he's done now. Yeah, and you, done. And you, yeah. you feel your heart in your mouth and you know, wow, that's a really bad thing has happened. Uh, but you see, you're, you're right. But that isn't hard science fiction, is it? That's the problem. And this is, I think, trying too hard for 90% of the time to be hard science fiction. And then it loses its ball. It, it, it doesn't yeah. have, it, it loses its guts at the end and just goes, oh, okay, we better have some excitement. And it yeah. just, it, hard, it, yeah, hard science fiction is the two, is the two doctors sitting, chatting about things, saying, yes. enhance, enhance, enhance. Yes. But that's yes. about as interesting as watching two scientists at work over yeah. something that could take well, that's years. Why, that's why it's a novel, because it'll be a novel of ideas, won't it? Yeah. It'll be yeah. a novel of, it'll be a novel of character. It'll be a novel of history. It won't yeah. be a, and you know, that's why books are books and films are films. Yes. Right? So I think it's perfectly acceptable for the book of Jurassic Park to have the technical aspects in it about how they define and develop and decide what a dinosaur is. Yeah. And I also think it's perfectly acceptable for the film not to have any of that in it, but to focus on the excitement. So the two things can exist. There are other examples of it as well. So there's a couple of there are three books which are absolutely brilliant examples of hard science fiction. They're fantastic books. They are science fiction, but they're, philo they're philosophical as well in the idea of hard science fiction. They are Roadside Picnic by um, uh, Arkady and Boris um, Strugatsky, which was um, made into a film by Andrei Tarkovsky called Stalker. Okay, a Solaris which was by um, Stanislav Lem, 
which is also made into a film by Andrei Tarkovsky, and Heart to Be a God, which has been recently remade um, in, in, in a science fiction film as well. All of those three films work brilliantly in books because they ask questions about the extremities of the consequences of science on human life in a very technical and philosophical way. I find all of those three films as lauded as they are, and Solaris is a very lauded film, it's considered one of the finest science fiction films ever made, I find incredibly dull. <laughs> because I don't wanna watch a man walk around a space station feeling a bit depressed for two hours. I want something to happen. Yeah. Right. And it's the same in the Andromeda strain. I want something to happen that isn't a camera getting closer and closer to an alien species. I, it's got to be more than that. This made me look around for where we were in in the in cinema in the cinema sci-fi, and it's it's obviously it's it's hard science sci-fi. But this came yeah. after two thousand one. You mentioned the same it, thing. It did. Thought, yeah. That's what I mean. Two thousand one made you know, it was not completely hard sci-fi, but it was close. It made you know, it made space travel sexy. And I'm thinking it did, yeah. this did come after Barbarella, which is a completely different film. That was <laughs> yeah, it came yeah. after Planet of the Apes. I'm thinking yeah. in the 60s, people were having great fun with the idea of sci-fi. And Oh, they were. And the thing about the 60s and sci-fi, it, it was genuinely speculative science fiction, wasn't it? And yeah. it linked in with things like politics, social structure. Yeah. It linked in with religion. In fact, it was a fantastic time for science yeah. fiction. And this was like it grounded itself, and, and you know, and you know, thank God for Star Wars, we might have had more of this. But it was very much like oh, no. we're going to be sober, <laughs> and we're going to we're going to look at the science, and this is for grown-ups because it was again was, and it is still fantastically well regarded. I was looking at the reviews; people love it still. And I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised. Now, look, I I, I think I I can't you know I wouldn't give this a one star to just you know spoiler alert yeah. on the basis that I think that um, it's not heinous, it's not you know profoundly problematic there are yeah. some good things about it i like the way it's filmed i like the way it looks i even like some of the ideas in it um or some of the ways that it's presented i just think it, it drops the ball a little bit there's too many things in it that you think what why why is the odd man so important why who cares yeah that was weird well, so, you, yeah, coming, coming yeah. to the way it looks i know this is set in the 1970s america but oh my god you could not tell anyone apart they were all no, aged yeah. white men with yeah. or without glasses and i'm thinking in terms of just just distinguishing give someone a mustache or something it's like yeah they, and i wonder they, whether that's they, because the actors aren't that well known yeah, either but, yeah if you're using the memory but um like uh they i thought they had to they had to fight to get one of the characters made into a woman and, and yeah, she was did, she was yeah. more memorable because she was kind of curmudgeonly and, and again, quite acerbic like, wasn't she yeah, she's the memorable. best character in it yeah and they, they tried to well they tried a few things they tried to give her some kind of um antagonistic relationship with dr hall but it wasn't really yeah. there it just kind of threw a few yeah. insults at each other they yeah. tried to make hall a bit of a lad he's like he's like making sexist comments to the to the automatic voice <laughs> yeah. um which is weird as well um they didn't really get anywhere they, they made her um uh, epileptic so that she when, when she keels over when she sees a red light which de which serves the plot in no way whatsoever other than the no, fact no no it doesn't yeah, she, does it because there's she, a scene in it where she misses some evidence because it's yeah. flashing red but then yeah. they just find out about it yeah and she does keel over at some point and then all the other scientists all like the background scientists who you'd assume have been rigorously screened to be in this yeah, facility yeah panic and say she's got the virus and they all run away and as, yeah. as only hall is there to, to comfort her and prevent her from hurting herself and it's like that does again every everyone who's not a main character is a complete idiot in this facility and you're thinking once again if this is hard science you would imagine it would run like clockwork everyone would just yeah, be exactly because they're yeah. there for a reason they're there knowing they're working above a bomb in dangerous yeah. conditions yeah. they would be absolutely on top of it they wouldn't run around screaming they'd be to on it, automatic they? yeah, yeah. And the same with with, with the, the bomb when when he when he staggers out with the key in his hand the person yeah, why goes does that lady him. not help him it, yeah. Well, yeah she just had to defuse the bomb or anything she could just help someone who's clearly in distress it's like weird that she runs away yeah it, it, i know yeah it's odd it is which, odd. which which comes down to either it's hard science or it's it's you know it's it's that kind of outbreak you've got to run and be adventurous yeah, exactly but it's, it's, yeah but then if it's that it's got to be exciting yes yes <laughs> It doesn't it? it you can't it, just it, pretend to be something. Yeah, and I know it's again it, 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 they're analysing it, what have you. But it, could they at least find the cure? They kind of they don't really find the cure. They work out that it's alkaline, and then they kind of work it out in the end. But it's like there's no rushing to get the cure anyway. It's like oh yeah, we just did the rain cloud thing, and it's got itself sorted out. There's no like they don't they have to jump in a helicopter saying if we don't see these clouds right now and rain on the thing, it'll spread everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
it's yeah. it's like oh wait so that's fine it's like okay i, I thought it was a big deal i thought it was a deal yeah. that required nuclear bombs to deal with but yes it doesn't for me that's the biggest disappointment in the film actually but first of all you don't see the point at which the contamination happens yeah. and actually i got confused as a result because i was thinking well was it sabotage is he has he gone bonkers what's happened here I don't, it took me a while to figure it out and then the second bit that's linked to that is none of it mattered yeah the whole of the the whole of the previous interminable two and hours and ten minutes didn't matter because it just mutated. Now maybe in hard science fiction that would have happened. Yeah. But that's fine. That doesn't make for an exciting film. Although they had the what was it the um they had they had the perfect framing device of a senatorial hearing about all this. Yeah. Where they where they could where they could have set it again like we're talking about the bounty where where basically the whole thing is framed and uh, you're gonna have Doctor Stone being interrogated by the the the, uh, the committee saying you know what the hell happened and we don't know what happened so they could be saying you know do you realise the catastrophe we avert and this kind of stuff and we're all a bit intrigued and we also have stakes saying you know could this be the end of Stone's career could this mean yeah the end of the yeah project? but it's none of that it's like and here's what happened there we go yes yeah. how do we know that it well you know it, the very final kind of phrasing is that the Senate are saying to Doctor Stone you know well. It, you know, if it happens again, what do we do? And then Stone says, "What do we do?" do you think, oh, is that it? Yeah, is that what we've learned? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> I was, I was a bit disappointed, and I suppose, um, you know, the, the first, the first ten, fifteen minutes of the film, I'm thinking this is going to be good. Yeah, yeah, actually, I'm yeah, it's going to be there's there's going to be telephone calls between the president. It's going to be one of those kind of pitter patter films where there's lots of characters and everyone, no one is entirely sure what's happening. And it just it really wasn't. It was just then it then it just focused on the least interesting characters that it could possibly have focused on. Yeah, because we we, had, we started off we had the the the, the the control room and the White House yeah, and the yeah. military yeah, exactly. and all stuff, and it just served only to bring together four remarkably similar scientists um to well, actually what, what were their expertise do you, could you why were they all needed yeah i don't know uh, really all they were doing was pressing buttons <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was they get they like no they could no no one was was more yeah useful than the other it was just they just <laughs> they just looked at it. <laughs> who can tell <laughs> I know, but I mean, I suppose just one final thing on that as well is even even the the um, the president's advisors, because in 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 the kind of in this room where they're they're you know saying oh well the president needs to make a decision about the um, the nuclear bomb. There's like there's a presidential advisor and then there's a science advisor, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, what's disappointing about that? They're both quite comical. <laughs> they're not really serious, are they? I wanted it to. I'm like this film isn't a comedy there's no comedy characters in this yeah why are these they, why are these slightly on the edge of stupid comedy characters there's no reason for it yeah it was it was because the, 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 the science advisor this we went up saying i need to i need to talk to the president and his advisor yeah. basically he shoves a cigar in his top pocket yeah and goes yeah. i'll i'll tell him you're waiting or something it's like yeah what it's like smoke. Where did smoke in the bandit come from? Why are we, am I watching a different film now? Yeah, and then they're, having a, talk, they're having a conversation about nuking a town. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you'd imagine they'd be a bit more severe about it. But yes, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, uh, is there anything else you wanted to discuss about the Andromeda strain? Uh, anything else to discuss? Um, yeah, other than the fact, again, we've, we've talked about having a, an entry point character. Once again, the the Doctor Hall, who I'd assume is meant to be our hero. Um, yeah. Uh, given he was marginally younger than everyone else, but he was also, you know, <laughs> but also he was brought in as a late sub because the real person had an appendicitis. And you're thinking, yeah. there's your opportunity as well to have someone who knows nothing have everything yeah. explained to him. Yeah, and that exactly. didn't happen either. He was just on no. the case and I think was meant to be our hero because he solved it in the end. Like, say, normally you can pick who's going to be the hero to solve things. And here was like, whoever speaks up first is probably going to solve it because I have no idea who I'm rooting for. Um, that was weird. And I guess we're looking at, um, so that was all I had to on the film myself. I think to do with similar types of film, it's I think just solving, you know, doing a science process, which is obviously yeah. a very laborious, meticulous, can't be done in an hour and, hour and a half process. No. Um, 
it's always hard to put on film. It's 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 never done well. I think. Yeah. I'm thinking of um. So if you've seen the film the band and the band played on, which is about the 80s. I have seen it. Yes. Yeah, I yes. Think it's Matthew Modi or something. He's, he's the, yeah. the head scientist, and he basically works out how AIDS works by seeing a Pac-Man on screen, and it's like, <laughs> oh my god, it's munching, munching, munching through the immunity <laughs> system, and it's it's you know it, you either do it with that kind of breakthrough or it's it's just it's hard. Um, again, yeah. going back to outbreak. Outbreak is is the one thing I can think of most similar in terms of people in bio suits and a hazard yeah, but, yeah you're right but they did not spend time going there there was a few peering through uh, microscopes but you had an antagonist who wanted to nuke the town yeah you, you, had, did. Something, yeah. you had stakes you had basically had stakes and you wanted to root for something and here i was just There's no antagonist is i was struggling to stay awake it was just incredibly incredibly soporific well there's there there was not only was there no antagonist there was no protagonist either no, no. <laughs> really what's that i'm missing what? a few things you need from the story there yeah yeah there was an antagonist was, a protagonist a plot and a morality there was no characterization whatsoever apart from uh levitt who you see as being slightly acerbic and cynical um yeah. you know but i mean well you know that's it. It, it all the other characters looked exactly the same and kind of acted the same as well really yeah. um they did the same things i didn't know why any of them why did they need four of them? I mean, Doctor Stone could have done everything that was in there. He didn't need to do anything else. But why didn't the vultures die? <laughs> Is that why didn't they die? Unless vultures have particularly acidic blood or alkaline blood. I mean, I that's know. a good point because I'd have you'd assumed, you know, okay, maybe the um the the you know the effect has been neutered by that point, but it hadn't because we knew as soon as yeah. as soon as they put anyone else in vicinity of these diseased people, they died. Um, yeah, even so, even an air even an airplane. Oh, going yeah. twenty thousand um, feet above the town, the the guy's gas mask. Yeah. So um, I think we can, we can rest assured that a vulture is a superior being to a rhesus monkey. <laughs> I think we can, can't we? <laughs> it's so odd, and you know that also kind of it belies its hard science credentials, doesn't it? That was the thing. Also, yeah, apparently, and I learned this in the, in the show notes that um, they were saying they were performing an autopsy on the uh, the monkey and the rat. You do not perform an autopsy on animals; that's on humans. It's a necropsy on on. Is creatures. it really? And yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. you know, I need some science talk. If you're going to throw science at me, yeah, get, exactly. get the science right. Yeah, yeah. Don't be one thing or the other. Be one thing. And if that one thing is boring, then okay. But at least it's consistent. <laughs> you paid your money. You take your chances, didn't you? That's the thing. Yeah, but have yeah. someone explain the the, the science. Yeah, don't, don't just show me the science. It's just it could be anything. If it was like you know people, I don't know baking bread, and all they were talking about was the <laughs> yeah. the, the types of yeah. wheat they were using, yeah. it would be really riveting, I'm sure, to a baker. But oh, it's like but here's the thing. Here's the thing, like you know, you know, when you've watched a film about a, that's exciting, you know, anything can be exciting, right? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the subject matter is. Um, the Social Network is a good example of that. Yeah, that is an incredibly exciting film about something I have absolutely no interest in. It's exciting. I don't know if you've seen Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah, Whiplash. It's about jazz drumming. It's yeah. one of the most stressful films I've ever seen, and yeah. yet it's about a guy that drums. Right? <laughs> it's a brilliant film. So anything can be exciting. Yeah. You've just got to make a good film. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you know, it could making bread could be the most exciting thing ever. It just, you know, it it, it could be. Yeah, yeah. If 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 it if, it, if you're invested in the bread maker. Yeah, and you if you're invested in the bread maker, yeah. there's two competing bread makers. One is an intense um, Michelin-starred chef. The other has worked up from poor about you know something like that, and it's all about the bread. I'm like how they pitch. make their bread. It's like yeah. the fact that the, the Michelin gives stars to bread. <laughs> <laughs> they give stars to the chef. The bread maker gets the stars. I don't think chefs make bread, do they? Well, who makes bread then? Bakers. Bakers. And the chef the chef yeah, buys right. it, and slices yeah. it, and, yeah. <laughs> and turns it into his meals. You know, nice sandwich. <laughs> so his meals. Cheese butty. Marmite on toast. Oh, nice. This will be the finest marmite on toast you have ever had. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only French accent I'm ever going to do. Right. I think we're done, aren't we? I think we are done. So, uh, so join us after the break um, as we ascend to the highest level of uh, of radiation, where we will be giving our scores to the Andromeda strain and finding out what we'll oh. be listening to, watching, listening and watching, and watching and listening next month. <laughs>
welcome back. We can now uh, slice through our concertina mesh and uh, make it to the central core where we will avoid the uh, hopelessly inaccurate laser fire and, uh, and escape. <laughs> so we can turn that missile key and stop the bomb going off. For whatever reason. But what is time to give our scores? And I believe as tradition dictates, James will be going first. Um, I have to say that when I started this conversation, I was feeling a lot more positive about the Andromeda <laughs> than I am right now as well, despite having despite having some quite significant reservations about it. Um, I mean, what else is there to say? It's, it's just it's boring, isn't it? It's boring and weird, yeah. um, which is really disappointing. Also, because I like the genre. I like hard science. I like speculative fiction. That kind of stuff is good. But give me a good book, really, is, is really what it is. Oh. So I wasn't going to give it one. I'm going to give it two disembodied crombie heads on the basis that um, it's well made. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, too. Uh, for myself, uh, I mean, I've read some of the comments, people who absolutely adore this, and it was well regarded at the time. Um, mm. But I'm going to be the worst Philistine in the world. Once again, I'm going my gut. It's a one. It's an easy <laughs> one. I was incredibly <laughs> bored watching this. It was long as well. It was more than two hours long. It was two hours, ten minutes. It's two hours, ten minutes. It was interminable. It was two hours, ten minutes of my life there. It was so long and so dull. And there was just not a single character you could latch onto. There wasn't a single plot line you could latch onto. Um, and I'm sure the effect wowed them in 1971, but it did, did nothing for me then. And yeah. even even like, do you know, this was a U, and they were close ups of like dead people and a, and a dying monkey, and like that's a, and breasts, and also breasts. Um, it's a U. Apparently, it's a U. Yeah. Um, I, I can't believe that. There's animal cruelty in this film. Yeah. So for that, it's a one. I did not enjoy it. I would never see it again. I would not recommend it to anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. There, and you know. That's it, isn't it? I mean, that's, 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 that's the dice you roll when you watch yeah. uh, Weekend at Crombies. We're not it all, is, yeah. you know, it's not all going to be five stars. <laughs> no, no, indeed. But now, you know, look, um, let's consign the Andromeda strain to the first layer of skin and let's have that burnt off. Okay. Um, what? Hugh, well then. Well, yeah, thank you. That, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I was really, really, my heartbeat increased significantly as i was starting to say that thinking i've gone down the road of a witty quip i don't know how this is going to end it, it didn't end terribly um what's the film we're going to be watching next month here in september we should be watching big night <laughs> big night big night a film i have quite literally never heard of aha Oh, well, I will look forward to Big Night. Will it be a big night? We'll Ooh. find out, won't we? <laughs> nice segue. And with that, we can do no better. Uh, so I shall wish you all a very healthy and a very happy weekend at Crombie's. Good evening, all. Weekend at Crombie's. Oh, there we are. Hello. I was once again sitting on the mute button. <laughs> I like that you have a mute button in your on your chair, or is it just a mute button in your derriere? <laughs>